TCL is a proud sponsor of the Score North Studios. TCL, America's fastest growing TV brand. It's the Score North Twin Show. All of you have helped me get to this point. This incredible and surreal point where the first number I wore on my back is now being hung alongside the very players I pretended to be as a child. I was fortunate enough to have met each one of those seven players, and each one has personally impacted me and my career in some way. Those men are some of the best to have played this game, and to say it's an honor to have my number next to theirs would be an understatement. Amazing, amazing weekend at Target Field with Joe Maurer's number getting hung up there amongst the all-time greats. This is the Score North Twin Show. I'm Derek Wetmore. Phil Mackey's riding alongside, and Manny Hill is on the other side of the glass. Are we on the Bomba bus? This is just, the Bomba bus, okay. but Judd Zalgad is actually the Bomba bus driver, so currently we're driverless. Oh, wow. Yeah. Is there is, Which is, is like okay. a hands-free? No, no, no. Trust me. This is fine. It's okay. been done before. Okay. We got automation at, at times that we control. need it. That's exactly right. Yeah. Okay, I just want to check. This, Plus, is, this is my first time on a Monday edition of Phil, the Scorner Twin Show. Phil, um, let me fill you in and the, the Twitch viewers and the Twitter viewers, and the listeners along the radio and the podcast, let me fill you in that this bus, there's no taking it off the rail. The Twins took two or three again this weekend. They keep winning series. It's impossible to have this thing even hit a ditch. So driver's really just like an honorary title at this point. I feel like a lot of people, though, the the way you take two out of three... I think, it, so I think it matters in people's so minds. Yeah. So, just real, real quick aside, because we have a million things to dive into, yeah. including some some juicy, reckless speculation. Taking two of three and then like losing in the way that they lost yesterday leaves a little bit of a just yeah, a weird taste in your mouth. Two out of three. Just saying, ain't just bad. I hear you. We are going to talk about Joe Mauer today. We'll save that for a little bit later because it was a big weekend for the Twins. It was a big weekend for Mauer. I think Twins fans really felt this as sort of a monumental weekend. Just sort of tipping your cap to a legend, saying peace out to one of the greats of all time for the Twins. So we will talk about that. We're going to air a special little sneak peek of our bonus episode over the weekend from Fulton Brewing. We did a uh, Joe Maurer tribute episode. You, Phil Mackey, myself, and Judd Zolgad sat down to talk about number seven. But there's no way we can't start this edition of the Score North First Place Twins show with... Out getting to the reckless trade speculation. Reckless speculation. I got one even more for you, Phil. Yeah, you this want one's good. Reckless speculation. Oh, you know this ain't gonna happen. How about yeah. reckless trade speculation? <laughs> you knew I had to throw Jr. in. Yes, that's that's exactly what went through my head when I saw the Charlie Walters report, Pioneer Press. I love a old shooter like you and I. After the Joe Mauer press conference was over on Saturday night, you and I were riding the elevator up with Shooter. Yeah. Just shooting the breeze, no pun intended. No big deal. Didn't know that he had just dropped a little birdie bomb on TwinCities.com. This was a birdie bomb. Manny, did you see this over the weekend? Oh, yeah. Phil. And it reads, insiders say the Twins are moving closer to a trade with the Giants for left-handed starter, and I will add this, former World Series MVP, Madison Bumgarner. Reckless speculation. Now, Doogie and Judd, both uh, from Score North, are reporting this is a little bit premature speculation here. A little bit premature speculation. Well, we said reckless. We played the reckless sounder, right? It's clear. But both of them, both of them are are not denying that this could happen. They're just saying, like, hey, it's a. 
it's 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 not it's not not a thing, but it's not official. Right. That's what that's what Doogie mentioned to us yesterday on Score North Sundays yeah. with me and Chad Graff. He's just said it's 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 pre I've been told it was premature, but I think there's something there's there. something there. It's not it's not made up of whole cloth, obviously. You know, and our guy Charlie Walters at, put that in his column and, and he I love it. He's been doing this for a long time, but if you're not familiar with shooter, he puts in the uh, subhead there at the Towards the middle of the, of the column, don't print that. <laughs> it's like it's a great bit because now, yeah, this is going to go in the paper. So Charlie Walters it. was like Charlie Walters was recklessly speculating long before we were like we we should almost call it the Charlie Walters reckless speculation bin here going I, forward. There's something there. There but, is something there. I look if it happens, we're all going to say, "Oh, what was." How long has this been going for? And the Twins always say, "Well, you know, we made a couple phone calls." Major League teams are. Famous for that. Well, you know, we made a couple phone calls. They, we know they were interested and they knew we were. But ultimately, it came together pretty quickly, like just before the trade deadline. Uh-uh. No, these are the kinds of conversations that start in the winter and then trickle over into the summer. So I wouldn't be shocked at all if there's something here. And I'm not saying we're not going to talk about the Twins because this was a good weekend series. There are plenty of things to discuss. I'm not saying we're not going to talk about Joe Maurer. But right now, every time I talk to somebody who's like, a Twins fan and in on this season, the first thing they ask me about is, what are we going to add yeah. to go make this a World Series winning team? And I think that's why we have to start the show here. Okay. So Jim Bowden, former Major League Executive General Manager, now with The Athletic, his proposed trade on TheAthletic.com is the Twins, and you, and you have a whole story on ScoreNut.com about this. The Twins, hypothetically, this is just a hypothetical that he's throwing out there. The Twins would get Madison Bumgarner, and left-handed reliever, a, a, a really good left-handed reliever, a strikeout guy, Will Smith. So you'd be getting a starter and a reliever. And you'd be giving up your top pitching prospect, Bruzdar Gratterall, and Nick Gordon, who, by the way, is hitting about 300 for AAA Rochester and is knocking on the door for a call-up at some point. It just kind of depends on, you know, do the Twins want to call him up and spot start him. So Nick Gordon could get, he's on call-up watch at any time here based on what he's doing at AAA. Would you trade Bruzdar Gratterall and Nick Gordon for Madison Bumgarner, Renta Bumgarner, right? Because he's a free agent after the year. That's right. And is it a year and a half of Will Smith, or nope, they're both rentals. rentals? Yay or nay? No. So I'm, I'm a yay on this. Okay. And I, I wouldn't have been a yay on this because you and I have been doing pod, twins podcast together for four or five years. I'm not normally a yay on this, giving up your top pitching prospect for rentals. I want a year and a half of somebody. I want I want team control if I'm going to give up that level prospect. But the Twins are never going to have a window this wide, maybe in the next 20 years, in terms of what's your division lead? Are you guaranteed to make the playoffs when you're making this trade? And the answer is yes. I think the answer is yes. How good is your offense? How good are your other pieces? It's a wide open window to win the division. So you're you're playing already in the ALDS right now. You're making trades for the ALDS and beyond. So there's it's not there's no risk of missing the playoffs with rentals. You're in the playoffs. So now you're just looking to bolster your October roster. You have the best lineup in the history of the franchise and the best power hitting lineup in the history of baseball right now. This is the window to add pieces to win a championship. I'm okay with Bruce Dar Gratterall. If this is the like, do I want would I rather have would I rather have team control a year and a half of Trevor Bauer? Yes. Would I would would I rather that Noah Syndergaard comes off the disabled list with the hamstring that's been bothering him, and you get two and a half years of 
Would I rather leverage Bruzdar Gratterall for two and a half years of Noah Syndergaard? Yes. But if it came down to it, and these are my options, and I get and I'm looking for a package deal, a reliever, and a starting pitcher, I'm pretty much trading anything required to bolster my October roster. That's where I'm at with this team right now. I wrote about Go this for it. at scorenorth.com, and I'm not on I'm not even it makes it sound like I'm getting off the go for it bus. I'm not. This is the go for it bus. It is absolutely a World Series attitude in this room right now. Doesn't so I'm not, fe- doesn't feel like I'm it. not well, trying to rain on that parade. You're prefacing a no. I'll do you one better, okay. Phil. All right. You want to win one World Series? I want to win more. This is a win multiple <laughs> World Series room right here. We have hashtag World Series attitude on the score on first play twin show. Now Bruce Argraderall is hurt, so that factors into the equation. But I am so in on. Reliever in that package, Will Smith. He's a strikeout guy, weak contact. Mm-hmm. He is one of the best relievers in baseball that you don't, he's not a household name. You pair that at the back end of the bullpen. Now we're talking. Now you're deep enough. I obviously already think you're deep enough to get to October. Now you're deep enough to potentially start playing some matchup games and be a nightmare in October. Who wants to play the Twins right now, by the way? How many teams in baseball are circling the Twins and saying, hope we get them in the division so, series? So you're saying you'd rather trade something. You're drawing a line and saying, Let, let's hang on to the Bruce Dark Gratterall level prospects. I have, you don't need to give no, up him to well, get Will Smith. Yeah, I would try to get Will Smith without giving up one of my big three. I'm not trading Alex Kirilov. I mean, I always say not trading, but like if the Angels call and they're like, hey, Mike Trout and Shohei Otani, I'm in. I'm in. Sign me up. You can have Kirilov. We, we love you, but pack your bags. You're going to Southern California. I'm not trading Alex Kirilov, I'm not trading Royce Lewis, and I'm not trading Bruce Jargraderall. I put him absolutely on that list. Before he had this little shoulder injury, he's like 20 years old and just mowing him down in the Southern League. He is doing things that you're not supposed to be able to do as a pitching prospect. I think six years of that, really seven, if we're being honest about it, seven years of that is going to be more valuable for the Twins in this World Series window then three months of Madison Bumgarner, who I think is overrated, and three months of Will Smith, who I think is phenomenal. See, you know, I I don't think Madison Bumgarner is overrated anymore. I think it's pretty well acknowledged he's not the guy who won the MVP of the World Series for almost five years ago now. I don't think he's as good as Jose Barrios right now. Yeah. But I think he's better than Martin Perez, who has now had, what, is it four questionable starts in a row? Three or four? He, I think he was okay yesterday. It's like the, the final line doesn't look good. I, I don't think he was that bad. Do you think he's better than AL ERA leader Jake Odorizzi? Yes. Okay. I mean, I'd rather have Odorizzi start. In a postseason game. Yeah, absolutely. I, right think now, that's, I, I, think, I think that's putting too much stock into a really good start to the season. That's fair. Things are different when you get to October. And Jake Odorizzi has never pitched in situations like he's going to face in October. And I know that you and I are the lead stat nerds of Score North, and you and I are the lead analytics guys, formerly of the Touch 'Em All podcast. And so I'm fully aware of the transformation Jake Odorizzi has made, and I, th- I think he's turned a corner. I don't think what he's done the first three months here is a fluke. So I'm not trying to take credit away from him, but I think there's a human element aspect here when you get to October that Nelson Cruz has experience with, that Marwin Gonzalez has experience with, and. From a pitching perspective, you don't have a lot of guys in your rotation or your bullpen. If any, I'd have to go up and down and even see. Like, is there po- like Taylor Rogers doesn't have any postseason experience? We can't just negate postseason experience and credibility performing against the best lineups in the world. Madison Bumgarner 
has allowed like one run in 36 innings of World Series action before. Now, is that sustainable? Not He's not the same guy he was four or five years ago. But you're getting a dude who has performed at the highest level with all the chips on the table, and I think that matters. Like, would I, would I value that over just a flat-out better pitcher who's never pitched in that situation before? No, probably not. Okay, but right. but 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 sounds like you're saying this Jake Odorizzi thing is like it's not going away, and Jake Odorizzi is going to be this guy in October, and I'm not ready to say that yet. Let's not miss the argument for the facts along the way. The argument is: Are you trading Bruce Argraderall, Nick Gordon, plus as this rumored thing from Jim Bowden in the Athletic? So this isn't us just like spitballing random trades. This is Jim Bowden, former MLB. It's Jim GM. Bowden spitballing random trades. That's right. That's totally fine. <laughs> that's, that's fair. Reckless speculation. That's completely fair. That's what's happening here, and it's it's fine. It's fun, and we're gonna have some fun with it on the score on first place twin show. But my point is that this proposed trade doesn't sit well with me and I would look for something better. Yes, I like Will Smith. If if you can find a trade package, hey, if I can take Bumgarner out of that deal and still get Will Smith and not give up Gradrol, I'm way more interested in that. That's my argument. The second part of it is, which I, I, I think we just breezed past with the Oda Rizzi stuff that I, I don't want this to get lost. The twins, if they're going to trade for pitching, should be looking for the back end of the bullpen and the very Top of the rotation, not a mid-rotation guy, not somebody who looks like a three but has been there in October. They need to look for a one that makes Barrios a two and Odorizzi a three. Now you're talking a World Series rotation. Real quick, before we, because I want to bring up aim another, higher is all I'm saying. I want to, so I want to bring up a, an aim higher combo because it, do, it does kind of feel like the Twins are looking if they're going to leverage one of these top prospects, they're kind of looking at a starting pitcher reliever combo. That's that's my instinct. But just to break the tie here, Manny, would you give up for three months of Madison Bumgarner and three months of Will Smith? Would you give up the Twins' top pitching prospect, Bruce Dargraderall, and Nick Gordon? Nick Gordon, definitely, because I'm a little bit concerned about him just overall if he's going to really be a significant player in Major League Baseball by the time he he gets up because he's had his struggles down in the down in the minors. Gratterall, I'm a little hesitant on. But I would probably do it. I'd probably do it. Man, Manny and I are in, man. You're and either in or you're not. And yeah, well, I'm and out. here's I'm here's out. the thing. Here's the thing with Madison Bumgarner too. I brought up his his game logs for for this season. Now his last start on I think it was Saturday against the Brewers. He was he wasn't very good. But his start before that, and he's done this twice now against this lineup. He went seven innings, gave up four hits, one earned run, and was the one earned run was a, was a solo home run. Yeah, that was the um, that was the one that landed in the ocean. He yeah. was told to go get it out of the ocean. Yes, but that was against the Los Angeles Dodgers. Yeah, and he's had two starts against the Dodgers this year that have been really, really good. And that's a really good Dodgers lineup. Yeah. Actually, uh, if he technically uh, he, his he's he's faced the Dodgers three times. His first start against the Dodgers, he gave up five unearned runs, and so he went six, gave up five runs, but but none of the runs were earned. So if you just look at earned runs, he's faced the Dodgers for a total of twelve. 
There's another seven, 19 innings. He's given up two earned runs in 19 innings against the Dodgers this season. That's one of the best offenses in baseball. Sure, but guys, we could play this game all day. We can go and... How many times has Jake Odorizzi gone 19 and given up two runs against the Dodgers, Derek? You want to play that game? (laughs) Jake Odorizzi at the end of April against the Houston Astros, the second-best lineup in baseball behind your Minnesota Twins. Seven shutout, out-dueled Justin Verlander. Here's the beauty of this, That's pretty good. You'll take that. If you add Madison Bumgarner, you're not bumping Jake Odorizzi from the rotation. You add Madison Bumgarner to a three-headed monster rotation that now takes a little bit off of Jake Odorizzi to be Superman in October, Boy, which he's never been before. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I look, I'm taking Odorizzi ahead of this guy right now. The if other, he gets the big fastball back and he's back to like Mad Bum in his prime, mm-hmm. different conversation. Then I'm then I might come to your guys' side of the fence. The other thing with Baumgartner is he's had nine consecutive starts now where he's gone at least six innings. I want a guy that's going to go into games because yeah. I don't want to have to. I don't want to have to. I'm already concerned about having to go into my bullpen earlier when Martin Perez starts at this point now, especially his last handful of starts. <laughs> Savage. And so I, if I can add another guy to this rotation that can go and that I'm really confident can give me six innings every single time, yeah. even if they're not lights out six innings, sure. but if he's going to give me six innings and if he's going to give me a quality start, basically, I which feel I, you. Hate, I hate quality starts. I know. Yeah. You and but, we're on the same side there. But, but I, I just want a guy that I know can give me six innings every time he steps on the mound, and he has some postseason credibility. Sure, Manny, I, I totally hear what you're saying, and I'm not like I'm not even pushing but, back hard against this. But I also here's the problem. I'm, I'm kind of with you though. I don't want to mortgage off my entire farm system. Yeah, you got to figure out months, how much, how much is he adding in that three plus months, whatever, counting October, because so call it four months. How much is he adding? Is it worth giving up a potential future cornerstone? I, mm-hmm. And pitching prospects flame out all the time. That's part of my math. I'm already considering that. There's like a thirty percent chance that Gratterall just isn't the guy we think he might be. But for the rest of that chance, I'm protecting that value like crazy. And to your point on pitching six innings, I'm I'm good with that as a concept. But for this Twins team right now, they need zero help getting to October. They don't need to add anybody. You throw Zach Littell in the starting rotation the rest of the year, and you're locking up this division in September. It's it's easy mode for the rest of the year. What you're making the trade for is October, when I care less about the, like, how deep is he going to go into a game. I want a guy who's going to give him no shot two times through, hand it over to Taylor Rogers, to Will Smith, to Ken Giles, and then there's your there's your ball game. Yeah. I'm good with that in October once you get there. Something to keep in mind about... Not wanting to mortgage too much of the future and and trying to ride this fence of of increasing your odds to win the World Series. The Chicago Cubs, and you could argue the greatest general manager in our lifetimes, Theo Epstein, who mm-hmm. has broken two curses, right? And in and, and 2016, for Renta or Aldis Chapman, just straight up a play for them to increase their odds to win the World Series. And they gave up Gliber Torres and two other top prospects. And now they're watching Gliber Torres... All-star at age 21 last year with the Yankees. He's going to hit 30-plus home runs this season as a 22-year-old. They're watching this guy as what would have been one of their cornerstone franchise players become a franchise player for the Yankees. They don't care because they won the World Series in 2016. So I, I, here's what I would advise. If the Twins do pull the trigger on a trade like this, if they were to trade a guy in a, like a Kirilov or a Royce Lewis... I shudder to think. ...or a Bruce Dar Gratterall... If they make that trade to increase their odds of winning the World Series this year and they don't win the World Series, 
I still commend them for taking a shot that they've never taken in the history of the franchise. Yeah, see, that's I'm not, I'm, I'm not going to rip them for trading one of those players to try and help this team win the World Series. The Cubs lose that World Series. We're not anointing Theo. It's still the right move if you're trying to win a World Series in Boy. 2016 like the Cubs were. I think this Twins window is pretty special. I think what they have built here and the players that they have around, you can even start looking at the 2020 roster right now. And maybe you lose Jonathan Scope. I don't agent. care about the 2020 roster right See, now. See, I do. I care about 2020, 21, 22, 23, because I want to be in all those World Series. But I want to go to five World Series in a row on the Twins right now. But no one. when's the last time a team went to five World Series in a row? Yeah, well, we'll the be talking Yankees about these Twins forever. Like, <laughs> we'll be talking about these Twins the, for a long, long time. The, the focus is <laughs> the next four months. I feel you. For me. I feel you. And I, we just disagree. Here's the other question I have for you, too, Derek. And... Derek and Fad have done, I think they've done a terrific job. I mean, it's pretty obvious right now, right, with where they're at in the standings, and we're already having this conversation about this team being able to win a World Series. If they do give up a bruised dark Gratterall in a trade to get a guy for, let's say, a, a rental, and Gratterall is gone, don't you trust these guys again, though, to find another bruised dog Gratterall down the line? For sure, yeah, yeah, to, yeah. To, to sort of restock this, this that's, farm I mean, that's, system. That's if pretty much what the guys. Cubs and the Astros have had to do, right? Well, we're going to trade all these guys, but we're confident that we can restock the cupboards quicker than other teams. Yeah, and that's a fair point. I do think there's something to be said for, like, how do you go get the top echelon guy? Like, if you could just invent another Ryan Presley, you would have done it by now because a Ryan Presley would look great in that bullpen. I mean, they I think there's some Taylor Rogers is, like, another Ryan Presley. Uh, sli- slightly different. I get what your point is, but, but there is... Only so many players like there's this there's this theory floating around baseball right now that like the the MVP creator, you can take an Austin Meadows, super talented guy and turn him into an MVP. You could do the same with Mookie Betts. You could do the same with apparently Mitch Garver. It's great in theory. I think that there's just a certain top level that you can't make out of nothing so that you really, really fight to protect the value of guys that can reach that top level. For me, Gratterall's one of them, Madison Bumgarner. At this point in his career, 29 for the next three months, probably not. Real quick, because we we, we're want to, we going to take a break here soon, and we want to talk about the Joe Maurer festivities over the weekend, uh, score North first place twin show. I would prefer, if I'm trading Bruzdar Gratterall, I would prefer it not be for rentals. So I agree with you there. I would, But but if it was like, well, this is this is the trade, I'm probably pulling the trigger because this year. But I would prefer something more like Trevor Bauer and Brad Hand has become maybe the best reliever in baseball this season. If you just like the the dude has allowed three earned runs and we're and we're it's June 17th today. Chaska's proudest son. He's a Minnesota guy. Right. He is signed through 2020 with a 2021 team option. So you'd be getting a year and a half of Trevor Bauer in his prime and you'd be getting multiple years of Brad Hand in his prime. I'd rather have something like that. Oh, yeah, I'm in. If I'm giving up, here's Gratterall. I, mean, I right? still think all so the you're things in on that. that. Yes. Okay. I still think all the things that I said about bubble wrapping Bruzdar and keeping him here and making him your ace, but that's a pretty enticing package that you're getting this year's World Series and a run it next. That's a totally different ball game for yeah. me. And don't you guys feel like that type of a trade is likely? I mean, if you went to the Indians and said, "All right, you're you're selling," and we've got a top 10 farm system and we'll offer you one of our top three prospects and two or three other guys. Like they wouldn't say no to that instantly. It's tough. That's a everyone, real conversation. Everybody talks about the division thing. Do you trade within your division? 
If I'm the Twins, I don't care about that. Mm-mm. I'm trying to get good players. If you want right now. You want to trade wins today for wins several years down the road. I don't care if your yeah. name is the Cleveland Indians, the New York Yankees, or whatever the Nippon Ham Fighters. I don't care. I want wins this year. And I will make that trade even if you're in the division. That doesn't scare me at all. And you know that your window right now, if you're the Twins, is open for the next couple of years. And you don't have to run through Cleveland anymore. You're not going to have to really worry about... We know that the Cleveland Indians are kind of in reset mode, or at least they're going to be probably by the time we get to July 31st. So you know that they're not going to be... Whatever you give them in a trade is probably not going to come back to bite you for three or four, maybe even five years. I'm in. Sign me up. We are going to talk about uh, Joe Maurer and everything, boys, today. We have to get into that stuff. And we should probably also talk about the baseball games that happened over the weekend. But I just got to say, this was fun. Recklessly speculating on trades to make this a World Series team. I appreciated this. It's reckless speculation season, and uh, there's no turning back. Reckless speculation. We're going to talk about real baseball games when we come back. Also, twins say goodbye to a legend. Joe Maurer's number seven is now up in the rafters. We'll get to that and more. Next on the Score North First Place Twin Show here on Score North and scorenorth.com. My baseball friends, Mackie here for Federated Mutual Insurance Company. Business owners, I'm talking to you, and I've been one myself. I know what goes into it. You love it, but you're grinding every day, solving problems, taking care of employees. It helps tremendously to have an insurance company that gives you peace of mind as you navigate the challenges of running a business. When you partner with Federated, you get more than just a policy. You benefit from over a century of experience in making businesses as successful as they can be. Visit federatedinsurance.com to find your local representative. Federated Insurance, it's our business to protect yours. How did I become a fan of baseball and everything you need to know about how baseball works? And it might get a little crazy, but let's get straight to it. Whoever scores the most runs wins. It's the Score North Twin Show. Twins Twins coverage on Score North and scorenorth.com. Epic moment over the weekend. That highlight from Mitch Garver, courtesy of Fox Sports North and Dick Bramer on the call. This is the Score North first place twin show on Score North on AM 1500, scorenorth.com, the Score North mobile app. I'm Derek Wetmore sitting here with Phil Mackey talking baseball. Manny Hill's on the other side of the glass. And guys, I don't know about you. I guess I have a little bit of a sentimental side. So I felt like this was a really important moment for the twins an important weekend in retiring Joe Maurer's number. And I thought it was grade a all the way from the people they brought back to Johnny bench being there to randomly TI giving a shout yes. out to Joe Maurer. That was awesome. And, and like a signed record. It was just so well done from every angle. I really, really, even as an objective observer, I really enjoyed this weekend and how the twins put it together from our, yeah, they, the, the, the Twins do a great job with events. They do a great job with commemorations, and they think of details that probably not all organizations would think of. Right sure. from everything from the five lives five the five living members of the retired number club for the Twins, and having Kirby Puckett's kids on hand and showing. Puckett and Harmony Killebrew on the video board to having Johnny Bench. Johnny freaking Bench was right. there. Johnny Bench, you had at least, I, I, there had to have been at least 30 former teammates of Joe Mauer's. Not all of them, I don't think, were sitting out on the grass for the ceremony. But then you see, like, 
I'm trying to think. I heard some just obscure names like Garrett Jones was there yeah. this weekend. I don't I think saw, I don't I think, think they gave him a seat outside, but Darren Mastriani was there. Yes, obviously our guy Glenn Perkins. But you could keep going down that list. Justin Morneau, Johan Santana, Tori Hunter, Joe Nathan. Like it was a who's who of twins fan uh, of of twins players and twin stars. Especially if you grew up in kind of that like '90s, early 2000s, you saw so many like wonderful memories for you as a Twins fan. And then to see Joe get up there, and of course he crushed it. Like, we make fun of him for not hitting a lot of home runs, but I would say with that speech, he knocked it out of the park. You're saying it wasn't a 4-6-3. Thank you. And I just thought it was a really, really well put together overall. And I know you were sitting up there in the press box with me and Judd, Phil. I just... I really enjoyed that pregame ceremony, and I'm a kind of guy who, honestly, if, if I'm being fully honest about it, typically I'm kind of sitting there just waiting for the game to start. I'm like, okay, come on, we got to do the got to do the national anthem. Like, let's let's go, let's play some baseball here. And for that one, I was like, I'm, I'm in, I'm here, I'm here for the videos, I'm here for the speech, I'm here for Maurer accepting this, I'm here for the gifts, I'm here for Tom Kelly and Kent Herbeck and Rod Carew and Tony Oliva and Burt Blylevin walking in from left center from out I under got, the foldable bleachers. I got chills. How yeah. a moment in terms of just drawing the thing out and making sure that we can all appreciate and take a mental snapshot. And, hey, where were you when they retired Joe Maurer's number? Yes. I thought there were several of those moments, and I thought, like, that's just that's just A+. plus. That's the top of the top. You know, baseball can be really over-the-top precious and sometimes pretentious when it comes to history and moments. And you don't say. We're going to go get the baseball after someone's first everything, right? And there's just so many pomp and circumstance things in baseball that sometimes it gets a little over the top, but this rose to the actual level of being meaningful. And I love that the fans recognized it. The And I've got a comment on that in a second here, but the fans recognized it. The organization recognized it. Joe Maurer recognized it. It was just... Teared it, up. It was first class all the way. It was, as you said, it was one of those, you'll remember where you were. People remember where they were either in the Metrodome or watching on TV when Kirby Puckett was was given the same honor. I remember where I was when um um whatchamacallit? Cal Ripken Jr. had his three thousandth hit at at the Metrodome. I'm sitting in center field with my dad. I mean there's just certain mm. things that happen like moments and milestones and uh and and I think the twins did an amazing job of of recognizing it. Uh I'll save the full thing for later on today on the Mackie and Jeb with Rami show because we've got a lot more to get to on the Scar Twin show here, but there were 40,000 Twins fans at that ceremony. Mm-hmm. Not a seat opened in the house at 5.45, 6 o'clock. A lot of frauds. A lot of frauds wow. giving standing ovations to Joe Maurer. Okay. A lot of the same people who booed him every time he grounded out to second base, that ripped him for the contract, that were never satisfied with 320 batting averages and 400 on base percentages because he didn't hit enough dingers. So I just want to say, like, if you're one of those people that rode him and made fun of him for not being a power hitter for a long time, and you were standing up and giving him an ovation on Saturday night, kind of a fraud. You're kind of a fraud. I say. think there are enough Joe Maurer fans in the world that there could be 40,000 people that, that didn't hate on him his whole career. So I don't know. I don't. I didn't sense that from the crowd. Where were you when the Twins retired Joe Maurer's number? We've got a caller on the line. Looks like Tom in Minnetonka. Tom, what do you think of the weekend ceremony and number seven going up in the rafters? From what I saw, but it was awesome. I didn't get to see the whole thing, though, so I'm not a fair judge there. Fair enough. Um, 
And I was a Mauer fan. Um, I, you know, booed sometimes. Most of the times I was cheering for him. So. Yeah. Um, I got two things for you here, if you don't mind. Sure, let's uh, hear it. First one, um, players that are going to be, whose contracts are going to be expiring at the end of the year, who do you think that they will keep an absolute, uh, you know, I mean, try so seriously to, to keep? Um, and who are they, you know, probably just going to make a minimal effort and let go? And the other thing is, um, I'm kind of a Dodgers fan, and I'm listening to them over the weekend, too, and uh, watching their games, and it's the same lament there. You know, they're 20-some games over 500, and they're desperately seeking uh, uh, pitching, you know, help in any yes. form. So it's, it's, it's league-wide. It isn't just concentrated on the Twins. So Excellent. That's great. Uh, that's great insight. Tom, thank you for the call. And I would say... On the Dodgers thing, it's also the Astros. The Yankees just traded for Edwin Encarnacion because they didn't think they were good enough, and they're getting back Aaron Judge, Giancarlo Stanton, and the murderer's row Yankees getting back from the injured list here not before too much longer. So it's it's every great team still wants to nitpick, and I'm totally okay with that. I appreciate the winning attitude of the Twins and GM Thad Levine coming on this show and saying, we need we are happy with where we are, but we're not complacent. We need to go get better. I love hearing that. On his question on the the contracts, just like my so, quick two cents. So scope who are the guys? So scope is is up. Odorizzi, is Crone, Gibson, Crone's got another year of team control. So okay. you're just going to pay him in arbitration. Yep. But Odorizzi's a free agent. I would try. A free agent. I would try hard to keep. We we can't refer to him as Odorizzi on this show, Phil. I know this is your first Monday, but he is A L E R A leader, Jake Odorizzi God, on, I'm this, sorry. on this show. That's I'm okay. I'm just learn. I'm okay. still new to the Monday score okay, of Twitch. You're learning. We're we're gonna bring you along. It's fine. Manny will catch you if there's any other any other violations. He's got a pretty good ear for that kind of I'll thing. I'll buzz you. Yeah. <laughs> Judd Zolgad <laughs> is not Judd Zolgad. He's the driver of the Bomba bus. There there are several things you just have to can't call them home runs. They're bombas. By the way, you can get your Bomba Soda t shirts at bombasoda.com. That's bombasoda.com. Here you go. And uh, I would just say that there aren't many guys that I'm nervous, really, because you could just look what they did with flexibility to spend this year. They went out and got Nelson Cruz, Jonathan Scope, CJ Crone, Martin Perez. It's life is good. Even Blake Parker, throw him on that list. Life is good. So I am good with if there's like kind of a clean slate and you've got your young guys locked in, you have this team minus a few, but you can add a few this winter. I'm good with it. I would say the one that I'd push the hardest for right now is ALERA leader Jake Odorizzi. Yeah. Jonathan Scope, you can make the case. Gibson, you can make the case. Yeah, Gibby's like 32 now. 30, 31. I'm, I'm going to be very fascinated to see who they add in July because that's a guy I'd probably like to keep around too. Yeah, well... That's going to change the complexion of this roster. Also worth noting, Rosario and Buxton, I know that they've, they went to Rosario reportedly last year and tried to work out a long-term extension... He's a guy. So you, there might be some guys under team control that they want to lock up, and so it, like Jonathan Scope to me is a one year rental. Jonathan Scope is going to go sign a multi year contract with somebody else. I like the, him. He's fine. Hope he gets paid. Yep. But the Twins are going to have Jorge Polanco is already a. He's already penciled in here. <laughs> he's chiseled in, I guess, for the next five yeah. years. Right. All star starting shortstop Jorge Polanco is on a five year contract with options. And then your other middle infielder, and I say middle infielder because at some point Royce Lewis is going to be up, and then you have to decide is he your second baseman? Does Polanco move to second base? But like, if you don't trade Nick Gordon, Nick Gordon's going to be in the major leagues next year. So you could you could have Nick and is Nick Gordon as good as Jonathan Scope in his first year in the major leagues? Maybe not. But if he frees you up to be able to. 
sign a Rosario long-term or a Buxton long-term, well, um, the Twins are going to be looking at things like that. Yeah, I mean, I was talking earlier about how you're locked in on 2019, and I appreciate that. That's World Series attitude. That's great. I'm looking at the next five rosters. Look, I got here a spreadsheet on my computer. Wow. I'm not lying. Can you show that to the camera, actually? Yeah. <laughs> so I'll, I will spin it around. But we do. <laughs> we've got multiple years here to factor Baseball's in. Baseball's not played on that spreadsheet, just so you know. That's okay. You set up to win the games on this spreadsheet, <laughs> Phil. You never played the game. <laughs> the analytics war is over. I did. I, I, I didn't either. Though. They asked me not to any longer. They said, thank you very much. Uh, Mitch Garver's longtime team control. CJ Crone, you can have back next year. Nick Gordon can play second base for you. Miguel Sano at third base. I thought he looked pretty good yesterday at third. You'll take that. Jorge Polanco's in at short. Outfield is going to be Rosario Buxton Kepler till the foreseeable future. Nelson Cruz has an option at DH. And Marwin Gonzalez, you can't find a spot Marwin. for him. Forgot about him. Yeah. He's back because it's a two year deal. Then you got Barrios and Martin Perez, who has a team option. Like oh. it, it, it looks pretty good in terms of building forward to the next couple of years, which is why I'm fascinated to see who do they add this July, and does it play into next year's team? This could be a really good team next year too. He's Derek Wetmore. I'm Phil Mackey. We got Manny Hill here. It is the first place Score North Twin Show trademark, and uh, you can find if you if you're new to the show, if you're just watching us for the first time on social media, thank you. You can subscribe to the Score North Twin Show anywhere you subscribe to podcasts, be it Apple, Spotify. The Score North mobile app is free, Apple and Android devices, and it's a great place to listen live, to listen on demand, and to read columns from Derek Wetmore, Judd Zilgat, Matthew Collar, Danny Cunningham, etc. When we come back here, we had a special Joe Maurer uh, episode of the Score North Twin Show at Fulton Brewery, downtown Minneapolis, fun. before the ceremony. And we're going to play just a chunk of that in front of a live audience when we come back here. But if you want the full episode, that's also available. It's on the Score North Show feed, wherever you subscribe to podcasts. That's where you'll find that episode posted right now at scorenorth.com, the Score North mobile app, on Apple, on Spotify, wherever you get your shows. Uh, We'll play a little snippet for the radio audience of that special Joe Maurer episode on his special weekend right after this on Score North and scorenorth.com. Spells the same. Let's bat around some banter. Twins. 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 The Score North Twin Show on Score North and scorenorth.com. Welcome back to the Score North First Place Twin Show. I'm Derek Wetmore. Manny Hills, our super producer for the day. We've got a special sort of sneak peek for this upcoming segment. It's about 15 minutes of my favorite part of the conversation that we had on Saturday. This was at Fulton Brewing. Just before the Twins officially retired, Joe Maurer's number seven. We talked about, yes, the sports cliche, the Twins Mount Rushmore and where Joe Maurer falls on that. Hope you enjoy the Score North first place twin show sneak peek right now. All right, we are live. This is, well, not live, live. This is going to be pre recorded, but we we're live alive. here. Yes. We are alive. Yes. This is the Score North twin show. I am Phil Mackey. That is Derek Wetmore. Hello. And that is Judd Zolgad. Hello. And uh, not pictured is Joe Maurer, who's just a block down the street at Target Field. He's preoccupied. We asked him to come on the show. And Never heard back from his publicist. Actually, he will be on the Scornet Twin Show sometime soon. Right, just a quick backstory: This is going to be a full Joe Mauer-centric episode of the Scornet Twin Show. And uh, Glenn Perkins and I were trying to wrangle up a Thursday, some sort of a sit-down with him. And figured, like, Glenn and Joe sitting down to talk baseball in Joe's career is better than, like, most people in Joe because they've known each other since they were in grade school. <laughs> and, uh, and Joe initially said, you know, obviously... They're running me around this week. 
we could squeeze something in maybe on a Friday, but then we all kind of agreed, rather than squeezing something in on this really busy week, let's just get Joe, we'll, we'll sit Joe down and do it the right way later this summer. So there will be a Joe Mauer episode of the Scorn Earth Twin Show at some point this summer. But I just want to open it up. I mean, let's let's dive into a bunch of Joe Mauer-related topics, but I just want to start right away, whether it's a Mount Rushmore or a Twins historical pecking order, where do you guys think Joe Mauer ranks, or where does he fall in the Twins pantheon of stars going back to 1960? Judd will have better perspective on this, having seen some of those guys in their prime, in their peak, but for me, it's... Borderline top five. I mean, you you got to start with the obvious names: the Harmon Killebrews, Rod Carew, Kirby Puckett, probably Tony Oliva. But then, I mean, how far is Joe Maurer from that? He's he's right there for me. I don't know, five, six. I actually sat down today and crunched this. I left okay. out pitchers because pitchers are harder to quantify a, he, he a little got bit. Hurt by 11, and yeah, exactly. Yeah. And like, then, what do you do with Johan Santana? Yes, exactly. So well, you could argue twin. that Maurer, Maurer and Santana both had equally good peaks, and Maurer was a twin longer. But then I get into he's above Santana. value of pitching versus value of what Maurer did, and so I just stuck with uh, position players slash guys who were position players and might have DH'd. And my top five twins are. And this was the hardest one for me to split is Puckett and Killebrew because both had such magnificent careers with the Twins. Puckett's war is 44.9 over 12 years. Well, wow, look at you right now. I love it. Judd's going wins above replacement. This That's is amazing. That's why he's the this driver of the this ball was This was tough. Killebrew over 21 years with the Twins, 66.1 war. Um, but I keep coming back to Puckett's got two championships. It Har- matters. Harmon's got none. It matters. So I guess if I had to do it, I would go begrudgingly a little bit. Puckett, Killebrew, Carew, Maurer, Oliva. Okay. And and Joe was so in Joe's career, he goes out as a, a 306 hitter. Oliva hit 304. Carew was phenomenal. Carew was a as a twin in 12 years. You guys 334. Yeah. The the amazing thing about Carew and Maurer. You wouldn't think of them as being similar players. You just wouldn't. You, you know, it, you'd think of Carew's speed and stealing home, and and you think of Maurer, catcher, more lumbering. But if you look at their numbers in the the ten year sweet spot of their careers, very similar average on base, power numbers. And I think where Carew had the speed and the stolen bases, Maurer had the catching and the and the just the more difficult defensive positions. So they're yep. very much neck and neck for me. In fact, uh, so Carew hit. Uh, in 12 years with, as a twin, 334. In 15 years as a twin, Joe was 306. On base percentage, Carew as a twin, 393. Joe, 388. Wow. Slugging percentage, 448 for Carew, 439 for Joe. Wow. Home runs, 143 for Joe, 74 for Rodney. RBI in their time as twins, Maurer, 923. Rodney, 733. Interesting. So they are very, very close, though, as far as comparables, because Joe had three more years to accumulate statistics here than Rod did. We could talk about some of the other guys on this list. I specifically want to get to a Harmon Killebrew stat for you guys that'll blow your mind if you haven't heard it already. But I want to ask you, does it matter that Rodney, and through no fault of his own, I'm team player on this one all the time, pro-labor, 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 but that he forced his way out and went and played for California. Does that bother you? In my opinion, absolutely. In terms of ranking? No, absolutely not. Because Joe didn't do that. But Calvin wasn't going to pay him. Joe, if Calvin Griffith owned the team, if Joe had been a, a Minnesota sports star from Creighton, 
1978. He would have been a Boston Red Sox. He would have had to go. <laughs> so, no. And, and of course, you also get into the uh, comments that Patrick Royce has talked about a thousand times that Calvin made at, what, the Lions Club sure. or something about Rodney that were incredibly racist. So I in no way, shape, or form fault Rod Carew for essentially saying, you got to trade me. I don't blame him. I'm not saying it like that. I'm saying, does it impact the legacy? I guess let's but turn he, it to he, Joe Mauer. he went and played for California, regardless of the circumstances. A lot of people remember him as an angel. I mean, of course he was a twin and he has a great legacy. That's you, youngin. No, I'm just, I'm just saying. But <laughs> That's like, you. But I'm not nobody in the no, crowd. I know. You know, the, the, the older I get, the more people I represent. And there are people who think of Rod Carew as a California angel. And Joe Maurer, you think of as a twin. I don't know that that changes anything. I mean, there are other guys on that list. You think of Kirby Puckett. You think of Kent Herbeck. They're all twins. Tony Oliva's a twin. Even Harmon Killebrew. I mean, I don't know if there's a ton of people that remember him as a Washington senator or a Kansas City Royal. No, I'm sure that, yeah. So, so the only, the only thing, like, the difference between... Twins legacy matters. Carew played seven years with the California Angels and wound up ending his career with the Angels. So if you were born during a certain period, you only... Yes, you only... Like, there's people who are going to only remember Albert Pujols as an Angel, too. I actually put Carew and Pujols in a very similar bin where yeah, they played the best years of their career with this team... And then went out and in played the for the Angels, <laughs> and ultimately uh, they played made the a, bunch of, a bunch of money relative to their era That's right. in a nice Southern California they climate. The great part of their career in a Midwest city that wouldn't pay them. Yes, <laughs> and then they went to Southern California. Yes, life is good. Uh, but Rod Carew won seven batting titles with the Twins. Uh, he won an MVP award and a Rookie of the Year with the Twins. So I would say. Mauer's top five for me, but bottom end of the top five. I think Puckett with the playoff heroics and the wild popularity. Harmon Killebrew with the wild popularity for a different generation of Twins fans. And he's the king power hitter of the Twins organization 50-plus years. Rod Carew, I probably put a slight notch above Joe Maurer. Um, and then it gets like... I, I think it gets real coin flippy with some of the other ones. Like the Tony Olivas... I mean, some people might say Torrey Hunter, but Torrey Hunter went and played a large chunk of his career away from the Twins. Here's the intriguing one, because his number is retired by the team, and we, I don't think, often put him in the top five of this conversation as even a possibility. I think Kent Herbeck. Herbeck, Yeah, Yeah, I mean... Bloomington's proudest son. Joe Maurer was a better player than Kent Herbeck, but Kent Herbeck had postseason heroics and two rings and likability and all these factors that... You know, so put notches in his belt. Let's put it a little bit more recent. Is there anybody on those twins teams after the you know the turn of the century, the Guardy Twins, that's even in spitting distance? Because you mentioned Torrey Hunter, and I think Torrey Hunter's a great twin. I don't think he's on Joe Mauer's level. Am I crazy? I I'd never know if my radar's off on that. Again, I think I think Joe Mauer was a better overall player. Played a played an equally, if not more, valuable position. Center field very longer. valuable. Let me, let's just go rapid fire through some other names that are sort of like, if we're, all right, how are we going to fill out the rest of the top five and where does Joe Maurer fall? Tori Hunter, let's just go Joe. rapid fire. Joe or Tori? Joe. Joe. Twins Pantheon. Joe. Okay. Joe. Burt Blylevin or Joe? That's really tough. Because I'm going to throw pitchers in here. Burt, Burt's numbers are way better than you think if you, if you didn't grow up watching Burt Blylevin. Uh, he I'm was, going Joe. He was fantastic. Burt, Burt though, if, if you're going to ding crew for going to right. California, look at Burt. Burt pitched in Pittsburgh. You pitched in Texas. It's Joe. Okay. <laughs> it's Joe for me. Tony Oliva. I'm going Tony O. 
Or Joe? Ooh. Or Joe? Tony or Joe? Uh, I, on my list, I've got Joe four, Tony five. Tony so I go to get into the I Hall go, of Fame. I go Joe above Tony. Very similar career stories, too. Guys yeah, who came point. in came in right away and were contending for or winning batting titles, and they ran into injury issues in their early 30s that basically derailed their career trajectory, right? The, the, I mean, the, Tony Oliva played a few years after knee injuries, but he was not nearly the same player. Both played after 32, he was done. Of time. Absolutely. Well, I was Absolutely. just going to say, it is, it's almost additive to the legacy for me, not only for Maurer, but specifically for Tony, that they're like, oh, okay, you're a great player, supremely talented, you worked hard at your craft, and here you are, you're at the top of your sport. Okay, we're taking that away from you. Now what? And both of them persevered. That was a bit of a sneak preview of the uh, Joe Maurer episode special at Fulton Brewing over the weekend. Uh, we did that before we headed over, actually, to take in the ceremonies and, you know, what a ceremony it was. Yeah. We're going to get Judd Zulgad in here at the top of the hour, Manny, but I just want to get your quick thoughts on it because you weren't able to join us over the weekend. Maurer, one of the greatest twins, we were kind of kicking that back and forth around there. What was it like to sort of experience the... The fact that, hey, this is a guy we both grew up watching, and mm-hmm. now all of a sudden, I heard Glenn Perkins talking about it on Glenn Perkins on Baseball last week, that like it's one of those moments that you remember, like, oh yeah, I'm getting older. I'm definitely uh, Joe Maurer, who was drafted in 2001, rose through the Twins, debuted in 2004, and then just had this wonderful career. Yeah. Probably cut a little bit short from what some of us expected early on, but... Man, now not only is he retired and a father of three and full-time dad in his words, but he's also back at Target Field inviting some legends into town and watching his number seven go up there in left field with the rest of them. I just think about, you know, because me and Joe are about the same age. He's a year older than me, and obviously Joe went to Creighton, and it was in the St. Paul's. Uh, St. Paul City Conference at that time. Sure, yeah. And I'm a St. Paul Johnson grad, so... A lot of our athletics, I didn't play a lot of sports in high school, but a lot of our teams were, it was a conference matchup whenever they played Creighton in football, basketball, baseball, whatever. And I would just remember when Creighton would come into Johnson's gym and Joe was playing point guard and he would just, <laughs> he was he was a phenomenal athlete. I yeah. mean, not only just, we, we know about, uh, we know about the baseball, obviously the, the player he became with baseball, but we also know about, you know, he had the scholarship uh, to Florida State that he could have that he could have taken as a, as a quarterback. quarterback yeah. I'm sure he probably would have been drafted as an NFL quarterback if he would have played a couple of years for Bobby Bowden at uh, at Florida State. Yeah, and and also he was a really good basketball player too. He was just he was just an athlete, and you could you could see it when he. I think when you think about him playing the catcher position, which is the most physically demanding position in the sport. I don't think anybody will argue against that. And when you look at the level that he played the most physically demanding position in the sport, winning batting titles, winning gold gloves, being an all-star year in and year out, you gotta, I mean, you just have to tip your hat to him. And that's why, I mean, for me, he is, he, he belongs in Cooperstown, in it's, my opinion. It's so cool. We got into that at the end of that episode. So if listeners want to go check that out, it's the Score North Twin Show feed, SKOR. North Twin Show feed, and and I agree with you. I think he's eventually a Hall of Famer, and history will reflect more kindly on him than uh, than what it was thought throughout his career, especially in some vocal parts of Minnesota. But the guy was beloved, I would say, from most corners of the state. And what's amazing to me is 
hometown guy drafted over Mark Pryor, and that just sets up, right? You've read this book before. You've seen this movie before. The hometown team made the wrong choice on a local guy that could have had Mark Pryor in a World Series. It's amazing to me that that didn't pan out. What panned out was they made the right choice. Joe Maurer was a superstar catcher, best player at his position for a stretch of time, one of the best players in the American League. Mm-hmm. Obviously, injuries kind of changed the, the course of his career, but as a catcher, Manny, I mean, that peak was unheard of. There's there's a reason Johnny Bench was in attendance <laughs> uh, over the weekend. That was something special. And I think, you know, we've had this conversation, the, the whole Hall of Fame debate over him. You know, we've had this many times at this station um, and on social media, of course, before. But I think when you look at the the local perception of him, and I think there are a lot of people, um, I think there are a lot of people here locally that appreciated Joe as a player and and didn't give him a hard time for yeah, you know, the contract and 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 all of that stuff. Yep, and moving, I think he's beloved. Yeah, I think he's beloved by enough here in town. But I think you you look nationally among a lot of the national writers, guys who have votes for, you know, guys who can determine, who actually have the ability to determine who's going to go to Cooperstown and who's not gonna, going to. I think a lot of those guys really value what Joe did as a catcher specifically. And, um, yeah, I think yeah, he's going to end up in Cooperstown. I don't know if it's going to be right in 2023 when he's eligible. Yeah, I doubt it's, it. It'll probably take a few, maybe a couple of years, but yeah, we'll I think see. eventually he will be there. Well, we'll see. We'll get there someday. Uh, first things first, number seven goes up in left field, just above that Minnesota limestone out there. And he'll be in the Twins Hall of Fame. That's a, that's a no-doubter. No one will ever wear number seven for the Minnesota Twins. Again, Joe Maurer getting his number retired over the weekend. Well, Let, well, we should probably keep it right here because we okay. got a little computer issue. That's, that's perfectly <laughs> fair. Yeah, and Judd's going to come in here. I in was going to say, but. let's get Judd in here in the 1 o'clock hour, and and we can break down Maurer. But I do kind of want to, I want to, man, because we're going to get his thoughts on it, it's really important to me to talk about what happened this weekend on the diamond, because it'd be one thing if this was a you know 500 club and also rands, and then we'd really want to soak this Mauer stuff for all it's worth, and and I'd love it, and that's fine. But we're doing a disservice, I think, to score on the first place twin show listeners if we don't spend time talking about the team, which, as I just mentioned, is in first place, continues to win series. They take two out of three this weekend. Phil Mackey alluded to it in the first segment when we were talking on this show about the way in which you win two of three matters a lot in some cases you could you know you lose the first one and it's a gut punch and then you battle back and win two and then the rubber game that that maybe you feel better on monday morning but to me it's just math it's all the same you know you win a great pitch game from kyle gibson show some resilience late mitch garver doing his mitch garver things and then on sunday it just gets away from you a little bit. Death by paper cuts, and then Mike Morin gave up some hits. And it, I get what Phil is saying about losing two of three and sort of feeling sour about it. But what a wonderful position to be in for the Twins to lose two of three and felt like you left something on the table. I, I just think this ball club is clicking on basically all cylinders right now. Not super terribly worried about Martin Perez. I know some people are. I'm not. But he was fine yesterday. Um, but this offense, I, I was talking with actually Jake Odorizzi about this on Saturday. I asked him, kind of a cliche question, but I said, is there is there anything that you get as a pitcher out of, you know, 
knowing that if you sit them down in order, then your offense is going to get up there and like hit five home runs. Is there yeah. is there anything to that sort of boom, boom, boom nature of the offense that helps a pitcher? And and I think the cliche answer is yeah, you know, you always you're in the game. But what Odorizzi said about it, Manny, is actually it it changed sort of what I think about it. He told me that no, it's definitely good. You you have that confidence. You know you can win every game. I mean, look. We say what you want about pitcher wins. Jake Odorizzi's got 10 of them right. already here in the middle of June. So I do think that matters a little bit. What he said is it almost it almost makes you think more about there are no there are no throwaway games. Like I can't give this one away. I have to keep this team in this game right now and if they scored a couple of runs, I'd better put up a zero. Yeah. It's almost like this competitive pressure where Sometimes that gets overhyped. It's cliched that like you're competing with your rotation mates. In this case, it's almost like you're competing with your offense saying, I'm going to keep us in this game for five, six, seven innings, whatever I can do, shut those guys down. And I trust you guys are going to go get me some runs and we're going to win this ball game. Yeah, I, I'm with you totally. And I actually want to get Judd's thoughts on this too. So let's do this. Let's, let's break. We'll come back. And uh, Judd will join us in studio here on the Score North First Place Twin Show. Perfect. He's Manny Hill. I'm Derek Wetmore. We'll hear from Judd Zolgad next on the Score North First Place Twin Show on Score North on AM 1500 and live.scorenorth.com.